What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Middlecoff! Hey, behave! We got a story. We just finished a big-ass podcast, and the second we got done, you said... Bro, Cam, Cam Newton signed with the Patriots. <laughs> I, uh, you just, you know, you never know. I, I didn't expect this guy. I, I didn't, I don't think anyone did, but it just, it shows you sometimes. Is this, is this the second time it's happened this week? Yeah, what, what did the other we story? record the other day? Oh, I think Debo had broken his foot That's after right. we got done. That was... Just, we're on a, we're on a heater right now of just a sweet kind of story that we would have gladly built you know, 30 minutes during Corona on, uh, and it just happens after. Now I think this, Cam Newton, what did you say, easily one of the more just polarizing players in, in sports the last decade? The And the Patriots just, fuck, are the Patriots, right? Belichick? Um, is, he their, is he their starting quarterback, you think? Well, I mean, who, there were some quotes from somebody recently this week about how good Jarrett Stidham, in, Jarrett Stidham is. Or is gonna be? Who knows? Maybe now in retrospect, that was just posturing to give to tell Cam, like, "Hey, man, we, you don't have us, uh, you don't have leverage over us, so you're gonna have to do whatever we want." Because what Schefter and Mortensen wrote was it's a one-year incentive-laden deal, up to seven and a half million dollars in incentives. So maybe but, by the time is, is Belichick, who are they bidding against with Cam? I don't know. Maybe Cam's agent just wanting believe it. I'm Cam. I don't. You know, I'm Cam. This is Cam Newton we're dealing with here. You can't just get him for $2 million. I think it's kind of a smart move by Cam, don't you? I think it's a really smart move by Cam. I mean, of course he's got a shot to win that job, right? If he's good and the Patriots win, like, I I think that's pretty cool, actually. Like, they've become a fucking. We think we were tired of talking about the Patriots. They, they ain't going away if this, is, if this even semi works. If they go nine and seven or ten and six with Cam Newton as their quarterback, they're getting New England Patriot type coverage, right? Yeah. Oh, because they they wouldn't. They were going to get it anyway. 
Yeah, I see, I, Stidham was like a Cousins and kind of boring. I think people would be like, yeah, they're just kind of average. I, I think this adds a – because Stidham could only be – even if he was really good, maybe if he was really good, it, they would get a lot of coverage. Let's just say he was kind of middle of the road, but they were just figuring out ways to win. It would be a lot of like Belichick's a genius. This, to me, is adding an element of just takes coming from all angles, right, of just thoughts and takes and just – this is leading a lot of shows of just weekly, like if they're doing crazy shit. Well, this would, well, yeah, I mean, in a, this is a big story in a non quarantine era. So now this is obviously this week is going to be huge, but you're right. I mean, when you go back and I think we did a YouTube video about cam a couple months ago. And I said, this would be my number one spot for him. Let's go back. Last year, we played two games, 2018, Cam Newton, 14 games, 68% completion, John, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Yes, yeah, I mean, he a couple years ago, it wasn't bad when he was healthy. He's if been I told injured. you it was 68% this year, what would it translate to with Josh McDaniels? And I mean, that team well, wasn't, that, that Panthers team was not good. If he's 68% guy, they're a lock playoff team. Now, 68% is above and beyond his, his yeah, career. Yeah, to me, he's, not, he's, he's not a 60% guy. He's not a 68% guy. All right, let's predict Cam Newton's numbers right now for this year. Let's say he beats out Jarrett Stidham. And Hoyer? <laughs> yes. Sixty uh, percent is what he is for his career. Well, are we are we assuming he plays all sixteen games? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. Let's healthy. say he plays sixty. What what would sixteen games of Cam? Now you're right. That's the big if. But let's just say, what would sixty games of Cam in New England be this year? Twenty four. Ten would be a really good year, I think. But they'd. They ran the ball well. If you told me he's 60, let's give him 61%. I'm just giving him bumps for being with Belichick and McDaniels. 61%. Yeah, 24 and t- 24 and 10. I mean, what if he's just good and he's on the on the Patriots and they just keep him? Like what if what if he's just on the Patriots for like two or three years and they're just winning with him? Because He's won in the playoffs, right? It's one thing with Cam when you watched him, you went, you never went like, you know, he doesn't belong, or he can't hang with the big boys. Like it, he's always been. He might lose, but you always felt like he fucking belonged. I could see Belichick just thinking like, I can go to war with a guy who's been in some big moments, who's not intimidated by the lights, right? Now Cam, you know, actually Belichick. Remember there was a NFL Films way back, like ten years ago. And Belichick screamed at his team for not celebrating a touchdown. Like he was big on like, now I think there's a difference between celebrating touchdowns and celebrating first downs, right? There's a balance to it. Maybe Cam's just is a little different with him. The one thing is like, is Belichick lighting Cam's ass up every day? And that's typically what he's done, right? Because he's had that carte blanche with Tom because he could light up Tom kind of like Popovich with Tim Duncan. Like, is he crushing him like he would crush? And Edelman just tells yes. Cam is part of the deal. Like, he ain't changing for Cam Newton. Well, I think the message to Cam is, Cam, you need me more than I need you. You come here and prove to people you can play. You can yeah. play for me. If we don't resign we, you, somebody else will. I mean, the, you can do you, – you'll be able – you will – Cam, if you do what I say, we you will hold us over a barrel next year when it comes to free agency contract negotiation. But Cam, we do what we do. Yeah. Like this is what we are. Like right. here's here's the blueprint. If you have any questions, ask them right now. I'll tell you. This is not. There's not. We ain't changing our pitches. <laughs> like we throw what we throw. 
So get ready. <laughs> like this is this is the at bat you're about to handle. Here's here. the other thing. Now I know we, it's kind of felt like Josh McDaniels has been destined to get a job, and he just hasn't taken one. This is also a big Josh McDaniels opportunity too, right? Would you agree that if somehow there's a lot on the line of this could be if Corona can't stop this season and the season actually plays out, it's got some of the cooler storylines going into a season I could ever remember. I mean, Tom changed teams. Cam Newton's a Patriot. Just Lamar, Mahomes are just stars. The Niners, you know, just the league's in a great spot right now to just go cha-ching. Tua at some point, right? Joe Burrow. Fantasy, gambling. Like The interest for the NFL – the only thing they could slow it down is this invisible virus. Because if if they're able to play, fans, no fan, whatever, they got a chance to be just a, a wow year. I mean, if you're just Robert Sala, week seven against the Patriots, now today, right now, you read that story, you go, oh, there's the potential your job just got a little harder week seven. Would you attack a little film study this weekend, or are you push it off till uh, August? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Look, I don't know to your question about how much where else could Cam have gone. Is he a lock? I, I mean, I just I haven't seen quite anything on the money. Are we, is he a lock to make the team? No, but I would say for, uh, I think that's more health related. Like I gotta think he's gonna. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's healthy. Stidham can't beat him out. Heavily incentivized is what, as of this recording, Morton Schefter said. Now he's learned new offenses before. Well, he's been the starting quarterback, so they had to, you know progress with him this is a little different like our offense is our offense you got to learn it we're going at this pace you're either keep you know when your starting quarterback is cam newton a star and you change offensive coordinators you just go with him like it's at your pace but it's also at his pace it's at the unit's pace the patriots just operate at their pace and he's just you can either hold on especially if he's like battling injuries right and health and it might just be a little more complicated. It's not as black and white as him just being right. Yeah, and he's trying to win the job against a guy that knows the system really, really well. Well, he is he also rehabbing? Is he 100% healthy? Do you see some of those? Uh, was he the guy? I think he was like at the Rose Bowl, like working out. I don't know how these guys get the key to the Rose Bowl, but they just go there and like throw on the grass. <laughs> and Odell Beckham was there too. They must know they, the groundskeeper or something. Just because sometimes I'll just see like the sweet Instagram videos, just dudes running around. So like, that's the Rose Bowl. Like, how do they just they just drive in there, just go in? A tradition just, unlike any other. <laughs> yeah, for Odell Beckham to work out in June. Uh, I don't. Is there a better place? Is there a place that if Cam gone there, you go? Oh, that's this is easily. I mean, easily the one spot. If you could pick, where would you want Cam Newton to sign? It'd be there. It would be there. I mean, even you think back when we had this conversation months ago before the draft, you thought like, okay, would the Chargers be a spot? Nah, they're probably going to draft a quarterback. They did. Miami, nah, they're probably going to draft a quarterback. They did. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't I've know seen a lot of, I saw a lot of tweets as the momentum for Kaepernick. Like, when's he going to sign the league? And a lot of people would be like, hey, guys, have we forgot about Cam Newton? Yeah. And, and I think this shows you, like, Cam, non-corona, doesn't he probably get signed where a place where he'd start? Like, is he, like, on the Bears now or something, right? It could he, if he could have worked out. See, I don't know. I mean, the Bears, right? The, it, I, I know each of these situations I, They, they might be a bad but the example. Bears were like, here's a guy who knows a quarterback. Let's go get Nick Foles. We've worked with him before. 
What about the Chargers? Same deal. They they had Tyrod. They kind of liked him, and they were going to draft. They, they were going to draft anyway. high. Yeah. Why? Like there's just not that many places. Yeah, you're right. Vikings sign Cousins again. Cardinals no, Rams Tom. no, Seahawks no, Niners no, Panthers duh, Bucks yeah. no, Falcons no, Saints no. Backup. Unless he was going to be a backup quarterback, this was like his one spot that was kind of good where he could start, right? Unless like this, Ron Rivera wanted him in Washington, right? Which, even though which clearly got early on you could tell like no, they traded for the other guy, Kyle Allen. So yeah, this is this is the best case scenario. No, tanking, Indy got Rivers. It's best case scenario for him. Best case scenario for the league. Potential worst case scenario for Tom if it goes weird in Tampa and they're good with Cam, right? This is a year. Like, he would have got a lot of credit with Brady. Yeah. I mean, Stidham. But I think of like Cam resurrects his career for Belichick and just double middle fingers. They win the division again. But you know what also happens is Josh McDaniels then becomes, he's always, he's been just a name, but then he becomes the hottest name again. Yeah, it's no longer like, well, it's just he only kicks ass with Tom. It's like, God, he resurrected Cam's career. Yeah. And their offense is sweet. It's awesome. I think, oh, is that week seven? I was like, it's Tampa. It's it's Saints, Raiders, week two, NBC, Sunday Night Football. I think the Tampa Raiders is like week seven or six. Uh, yeah, it's a little, what did I say the Niners was week seven? Then I think the Raiders is like week four or week five or something like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. I, I could use Cam Newton immediately. I, uh, Patriots, Belichick. Let's go. Kind of, cra- It's kind of crazy. The football is not that far away. We're a month of recording this away to the quote-unquote official league because di- they're all starting at the same time, June 28th. You got a prediction? You think uh, preseason games happen? Because mm. I, I don't have I don't... a prediction other than the I saw the you know the thing with the Hall of Fame game the other day getting canceled. But doesn't it kind of feel like none of no preseason games yeah. this year? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you... no, nah, you're That's... right. I know, no, but if it's there. the least we could do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. On to the rest of the podcast that we did yeah. earlier. Oh, it's a big week. It is a big week on the show, John. We are celebrating the 4th of July, beginning on June 28th. It's the 4th of July week here on the Ham Pod. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Manufactured yeah! joy. Yeah! <laughs> Cannot wait. 2020 has been so much fun. Woo! Let's go to the second half. Woo! Uh, it is a, uh, you know, it, it's a perfect time to bring Manscaped back on the podcast as we do this week. Good to have him back. Very, very good to have them back. We rode that 49er wave, and uh, they, they're, back. they're back. They're back on board, baby, for the for the foreseeable future. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM. We are going head-to-head with the 49ers. If you like the 49ers, understand our salary cap is lower than theirs, so support us. If you hate the 49ers, then you definitely go promo code HAM. To stick it to them when it comes to your Manscaped promo code. You want to see Kittle get paid, or you want to see Haberman Milkoff get paid? Promo code HAM, promo code HAM. <laughs> That's right. Here's the thing. Luckily, the 49ers, win or lose the Manscaped, can still take care of everybody. We need them, and we like them. Yeah, we appreciate your support of them. And uh, yeah, it is no accident that the big, uh, the momentum created by the Niners signing and us talking about it last week brought Manscaped back to the podcast. So show them they did the right thing. Get ready for Fourth of July weekend. As they like to say, if you grew some man tits during quarantine, at least get them smooth. Do you think we have a... Uh... Once, whenever, you know, is lifted, it could be like six months, a year, whatever, society gets back to normal. A no-shaming rule for like a couple months. You know, just yeah, you know, diets you- have been weird, activities have been weird, gyms have been shut down. Absolutely. I just, 
I, I think we need to be very open-minded to like, you know, an, I got an extra roll. Uh, I just, I, I'm huffing and puffing, walking up the stairs. It's just, it's going to be a new time. I think those like two, let's give a two month transitional period. Yeah. I mean, you, you could argue six, four, four months, five yeah. months, six months. Um, Cause I think the hardest part is, and I do, I, I've actually never believed this more when I was younger. I used to always call bullshit that your body and being feeling good is like 80% diet, 20% working out. It is true. The older you get. It is really, really hard to be disciplined with like just good food all the time. Like mm. I have, if you go, who do you have the utmost respect for? I'd be like, I don't know, like Navy SEALs, uh, you know, just dudes doing impossible hard like blue collar work. Like if you're just out there like on a field all day digging, you know, just doing hard ass shit, I tip my hat to you. And I'd be like people that can just discipline eating for like months straight. I, I just don't even know how that's discipline. So it'd, be like, when it's, it'd be like sniper overseas. It'd be just dudes, blue collar in the summer, hot or cold. I, I watched, uh, what's the show on the discovery channel, like the big catch or something where they're like deep sea fishing. Yeah. Just hitting these crazy waves. I'm like these guys are nuts and just guys that can eat discipline like Brady. See, well, that's where I would say to me, there's a point where the respect goes down a, a little, not not disrespect, but when when you are that disciplined and you are the one that has to cook your own meals for yourself, like you reach a certain point of of uh, income and affluence where you're eating super disciplined, but you have like a personal chef. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Exclu- exclude those people because it's easy. Like, hey, you want some sweet salmon salad? Like, yeah. I mean, you just you're right. Chef Ryan is taking it up for you. I completely agree. Just a dude. That works whatever some tech job, but he can eat super disciplined. Like he goes to Trader Joe's and Safeway and gets right. all the materials. Yep. Yeah, for this. I, the other guy that I have respect might be too strong a word because I think they're a little weird if you're consistently doing it. But I will I will give them the credit. It does work. The meal prepping, I can't meal prep hard. One because it's just too boring, and two Sundays, I like the PGA Tour. I football season. I can't miss, you know, I can't be cooking all day Sundays for six months or four months. And then just other Sundays. I like to chill. So I'm a bad planner. So I'll start with that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't plan several days in advance. Anything. Usually have the Habermans ever meal prep for a week longer than like a day. Uh, yeah, but not a couple times. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not counting like to have a certain snack or something to eat. I'm talking like legit. Yeah. I mean, it's been done like, Oh, let's, do some ground beef and it'll be for this Monday and this Tuesday. But again, that's not my doing. And but, Alyssa wakes up thinking of meals four days out. So yeah. See to me when I, that's, I, I do stuff like that too. And I think a lot of people focus that a little bit. I, I'm thinking more like legit five days. Every meal right, is making a little and sealed. Yeah. It's been, I've, it's been done a couple times in this house, but if you like eating, it's kind of boring. That's another thing. Part well, of it, right? I, I've, I, have I told you this? I'm, Maybe I have. My dad just most days it's peanut butter and jelly for lunch. Just takes that. We've talked about like. But the see, Steve I wouldn't Jobs consider that thing. meal prepping as much no, no, as no, like no, it's this is go to. It's quick. It, but it, but what? It's just taking that decision out of your day. Yeah, it's his. It's his Harbaugh outfit. It's his Harbaugh outfit. Exactly. Podcast also brought to you by. In times like these, you need good rest, good sleep. Keep your mentals and your physicals right. Sleepnumber dot com slash ham. Sleepnumber dot com slash ham. Thank you for the support. Yeah, we both have sleep number beds and we uh, we swear by them. So go get your sleep number bed. Go to the website. Check things out. We appreciate that support. Uh, 
So it is Fourth of July week. We're trying to think just one of the great times of the year. This year might be uh, a little different, but we're going to make the most of it here on this show this week, starting today. It, it, it the, the thought we had was I'm taking the week off. You're taking. <laughs> you're going to work from home all week. Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is. I feel sometimes I feel bad even when I get complaining in my mind. I'm like, I haven't been impacted by this that much. Besides some, you know, it's like I don't get to complain about stuff that a lot of people do. Even though I like piggybacking off their complaints. Yeah, Yeah. just to be one of, just to include yourself, to feel like one of everybody else complain about uh, working from home. But we've been lucky. Is uh, Fourth of July one of those holidays that for people that work now that get holiday pay? Do they get like a Monday? Is this one of those some some holidays? If they fall on the weekend, I think like Christmas, you still get a holiday day, like on the Monday that follows. If Christmas falls on like a Sunday, I don't know if Fourth of July is one of those, but this is consistent with 2020, John, just being some bullshit. Fourth of July falling on a Saturday. If there was work, maybe you could argue this is a good year to waste a Fourth of July on a Saturday. This is gonna sound pretty dumb. And I never paid attention to this when I like worked for quote unquote a corporation or whatever. If I'm making a hundred thousand dollars, do does that and that's like my salary? Like we're hosting a radio show. Does that stuff get fe- like? Do we are we impacted by holidays and stuff in sense of like we don't get bonuses? You don't get time and working a half. on a, Yeah, we don't do we or did we? Uh, no, I, I honestly we did not. Didn't I mean, I remember. Yeah. You and I always struggle with this. Is we just never knew that the holidays were coming up until there would be a schedule would come out. And it's like they're off Monday. We'd be like, we'll work. Yeah. So I don't think we got now, credit. You, th- there, there's stuff like that. I think if when you're a salaried guy, and I think this works for most companies, you work a day that is a holiday. You can bank a holiday type. We deal, did have right? that actually. We that we yeah. had. Yeah. I think that's common practice, right? Yeah, I think it probably is. Because I never understood once jobs, you but. once you became a salaried employee in the NFL or radio for me, I didn't. I just time and a half doesn't count when you're just getting paid. But you you're, you banked the day. I remember because then the bank day would expire, and I'd be like, "Well, that's bullshit." Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like you got to use your days. Like, well, fucking the NBA finals, I I, I got stuff to talk about. Like, I don't want to go. And they're like, well, if you don't use it, you do understand it's a hard balance. It's a great part about doing this. We could just kind of do whatever we want. Every day is a bank holiday. We just bank in holidays that we'll never use. <laughs> I know. We do shows from vacation. I would say, to me, for 4th of July, Monday is always felt like the premier day to have that holiday, as opposed to a Friday. Because Friday, I think most people, you kind of, everybody gets it. If it's Especially if it's holiday weekend, people are already working a half day. Or you take Friday off, you make it a four-day weekend, that whole thing. Well, we've been on a lot of, in this job, now sales calls with advertisers. And the number one thing that said... When you have a phone call on a Friday, it's how every phone call I think we've ever been on together and probably separate that yeah. I've ever been, yep. which recorded quote unquote sales starts with a happy Friday. Happy, so yeah, when happy you're saying Friday, happy guys. Friday, it's really when think about the, the, the like the premise of, of saying that is kind of just like, you know, uh, happy 4th of July or Merry Christmas. It's like, it's a positive thing. Almost like, well, today's it's still a you know, work day. It's just the last work day. But in people's mind, they're already on Friday night or Saturday. So you're right. I, I I think most people, and I would imagine many people listening, and listen, I've been there too. You don't give your best effort typically on a Friday, right? Especially if you have like, you've been posting for three weeks. Like, I can't wait for 
for Luke Bryant concert, or I can't wait to go visit my cousins in Scottsdale, or whatever you had been building up to, and it's finally there, you're getting nothing out of that human on Friday. So the Friday, you're probably right. Like, I would never want to waste a holiday on Friday. My issue with a Monday is, like, I don't like being hung over at work. Tuesday. And, and some people, yeah, so if you're going to go hard Monday, now I think people would push back and go, well, if you got Monday, that technically means, even though the 4th of July is quote-unquote Monday, let's just say hypothetically it was, you could go, your Friday's a half day, Saturday is really like a Friday that would be off, and then you got Sunday, which is operating like a Saturday, and then the Sunday, which is now Monday on the 4th of July, you can just, you can kind of chill and hang out. Would you rather, like a, a, we- I hate, a Wednesday, I, I hate midweek? midweek. I, no, I hate those, because you work. It's like, uh, you know when you're in traffic, and all of a sudden the traffic breaks. You're like, oh, okay, I'm back to, I, I was I going like 20. haven't experienced this in several months, but go on. And then you're going again like 70, and you're like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm back to my normal rotation to get where I wanted to go, and however th- long I thought it was going to be on my map quest. And then all of a sudden you come around a turn or come around the bend, and it stopped again. You're like, oh my God. That to me is the classic Tuesday or Wednesday or probably Thursday, yeah. unless you could take the Friday off midweek holiday i think it's ruined and i'd say fourth of july is like our i mean st patty's day we celebrate here too but or cinco de mayo but it's the it's a drinking holiday right when you think fourth of july you think barbecuing drinking beers lake so it is it's not one of those where you're just like chilling man like valentine when like valentine's day yeah that's just it's not really a quote-unquote drunk holiday, right? You might have a cocktail at dinner, but it's really, if hypothetically you got Valentine's Day off, which you don't, it's not that big a deal because it just incorporates a dinner. Like part of the 4th of July is just kind of hanging and drinking all day. Yeah, that it's all a lot day. of people. It's an all-day deal, and it actually starts pretty early, right? Most people like head to the lake or the pool. I, I think it feels you, like people rock and rolling by lunch. I, you tweeted this the other day, and I, I definitely subscribe to it, it, that day drinking is greater than night drinking. Uh, and I'm totally on board. Like you can start a day, maybe you meet you, meet somebody out at eleven o'clock in the morning, right? And you start and you go till five or six, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you, you've you've first of all you've put in way more time than you would if you started at seven or eight o'clock at night, or even six o'clock at night after dinner. And you've feel you felt productive because you used the whole day, and you can still chill at home to cap off the evening and go to bed at a reasonable time. It is far superior. I've made one dramatic change in 2020. I've always been a vodka guy. I've actually gone to tequila, Mm. and I just drink, instead of vodka soda, I go tequila soda and a lime, and I haven't been hungover really in 2020. And Now, granted, I stick with that the whole time, but I I feel sometimes with vodka, I just do get hungover. With tequila, I, I do not, and I've been pretty consistent with it, and it's changed my life for the better. It really has. Well, I wish you hadn't said. I wish you'd said that to me four hours earlier because tonight uh, we actually are having some watermelon vodka. Again, I, I had a drinks. couple vodka sodas on Wednesday. I'm not anti vodka. It's in the bl- we got watermelon and vodka going in the blender. Kettle one in your honor. Uh, uh, what do you guys? Uh, you guys put watermelon and Nothing. ice? Huh? What's the what's the like what's the drink like? How do you make it? Uh, it's uh, I think it's just watermelon and sugar. Blended in the blender, yeah, yeah blended. with ice, with ice. So vodka. it's like a slushy, yeah. 
But see, that's that's what I was talking about with the Hawaii. You use the fruit instead of like a watermelon extract. It's yeah. actually going to taste a lot better. Instead of like the martini mix. Yeah, or that's like my issue with margaritas, which I like. It's just too sweet. Like we were talking about the sugary drinks. But when you were in Hawaii and I was like having cocktails with my mom, like pina coladas or Mai Tais, it's just very pure because they're using the actual fruit for the base of the drink with the alcohol, which is a game changer. But now I wish I was going tequila tonight after that whole speech. Yeah, but I'd say vodka and watermelon. That works. Again, I'm not anti-vodka. I just haven't been. If I'm going to drink like four or five, I've just been going with tequila. I feel it makes you smile a little bit. Someone brought that up. Like vodka can be a little bit of a negative drink. Yeah. If you're just drinking vodka sodas. Yeah. Like to me, vodka in drinks like that are like a happier drink. Just like so different like a margarita. But if you're just going to go vodka sodas... I feel like tequila is, it makes you smile a little more. Tequila and, makes you, know, you... Depe- yeah. The clothes come off. <laughs> and it's a song. <laughs> that, that works too. <laughs> um, uh, oh, that reminds me. Uh, iTunes, subscribe. Give us the five stars. Hit us with a question. We actually had a follow-up to a mailbag question um, from the other day, and then we'll get to another mailbag question for today. But go hit us with the subscrip- uh, subscription. If you already subscribed, that's cool. Give us the review. That's really what we're after. And then also hit us with a question. Charlie said, uh, he just hit me in my Instagram DMs. I was the guy that asked the question about integration in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. And we talked about it a little bit based on just a quick, you know, wiki search while we were talking. Uh, and he said, well, what's weird is Kenny Washington reintegrated the NFL, but that's only because black players used to play when the league first started in like 1920, like Fitz Pollard. And then and others, but then in 1933, the NFL started a 13-year ban of black players. The owners denied it, but it happened. And then Kenny Washington reintegrated the NFL in 1940. If you're wondering why I know why I know all this stuff, it's because I did an essay on it. That's Charlie Saint Ignatius, class 24. So Charlie, good to that's have a, you on the podcast. A, that's impressive knowledge by that young fella. I didn't know that. Honestly, that Fitz Pollard, we hear about the Fitz Pollard Alliance. Yeah. That's the ones that fights for like helps fight for the Rooney Rule and more diversity and coaching and executives in the league. No clue who was a player, honestly. None. We need it we, makes, we basically it, it need makes to sense. get every high school listener of this podcast to do a report on something and then report back to us on the subject. Didn't you love like being in high school or even college and be like, What do you want to do a report on? I'll be like, uh, on Barry Bonds' on-base percentage, yeah. you just get to do, pick random shit. And the teacher's like, yeah, do, be you. Be creative. Yep. You know, I'm not, I'm not picking like, you know what it's like to build the Bay Bridge. Like, th- those were never my type stories. No. It's like, how Bill Walsh changed the NFL. <laughs> that would be like my The teacher would be like, yeah, sure, looks good. Yeah, cool. They, they weren't an expert. Uh, do you have the uh, mailbag question? You, I got it here if you want me to read it, if you don't have it in front Yeah, of me. Re- read it. This is uh, this review, five stars, thank you, uh, from Friday. This is from Will Olson from PA. He said, love listening to you guys every week. It's like I'm chilling on the patio talking sports with my big bros. Uh, he says, the Jackie Robinson Glory Road question on the pod last week made me think of this. How would you guys rank the three leagues, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, in terms of how well they'd receive a current player coming out of the closet? Not an older guy like Jason Collins or a crappy prospect like Michael Sam, but a relatively popular veteran player, or maybe even a blue-chip uh, college player. Hearing you guys talk real-world sports is just as engaging as hearing your, all your sports take. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Will Olson from PA. Uh, you got a take? You got a first thought? 
I would put it MLB was funny. last is my first. I, I, I would agree. I, I was I was driving around over the last month, and somehow I was listening to something, and Michael Sam came up, and I had forgotten this. Remember, they the league had kind of pressured the Rams to draft him, and they really wanted him drafted. Yeah. And I think the number one thing with any, just the key is for it to be organic, right? Like that guy was not a draftable player. He was a six-foot pass rusher who was out of the league pretty quick. Remember, he went to Canada. It was all bad. He was right. turns out like, yeah, he was gay. He was also like a questionable character guy. Like people didn't like him. You know, there are clearly a ton of gay guys over the years that have been, let's say, in the NFL. Right, the most players by far, double the amount of baseball players. People all different backgrounds. That diversity is, you know, just different humans. The statistics are, you know. I remember when we were growing up, it was like one in five. I don't even know. But clearly, I remember when I worked in the NFL, there were a couple of gay guys on the team that was like well-known. I didn't even actually know who they were, but it was like just known. Uh, I, I would imagine if you went to like most locker rooms in the NFL, they would know of players, even if they're in their own locker room or in the league. Uh, but the thing with Michael Sam is there was a huge element of like forcing it. It just, you just got to happen. Like if, and the the thing remember that complicated not complicated but he was the defensive player of the year in the Big Twelve so there was this whole thing like well he must be great right? what was it Missouri in the SEC by then I thought it was right, the excuse SEC. me the SEC he was the SEC defensive player of the year because that that's why it was like the SEC defensive player of the year yeah remember it was like so it was just inconceivable was, that he wasn't a draftable player yeah but then it turned out remember he was really small. And I think three, he had like four th- or three three sack games, and two of them came against like FBS opponents. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was one of those, the guy just wasn't that good. Yeah. But if I told you this year, you know, the equivalent of like Isaiah Simmons or one of the w- wide receivers that went in the first round, it was just like openly gay, it'd be a really big story. I, I do think at this point in time in society, I, do, do people care about anyone being gay anymore? I guess in the South, with the Bible regions, but I, I don't know any. I mean, look, I think it'd probably be... I'm not trying to be ignorant no, or naive no, yeah, to this, It probably but, would be unfair for us to say, oh, it'd be so easy, because it, it I'm not be, saying right? it would be easy. No, no, I'm just saying the not. reaction wouldn't be as like... I do think... Like Jackie Robinson-like. Yeah, I mean, I think... My guess is that uh, players that are now... 15 years younger than us because you think about when we were in high school we were on the back end of people just casually using the i'll say f word right as just like a thing you said and no one even realized that's probably not something appropriate i would say you started- I, I, I would i would say that was a pretty consistent word for me and my friends growing up it was just part of the vernacular but i would right? say like by like our graduating year in high school was 03 like 03 04 05 06 07 it was that felt like the mo- like a point in time when people were kind of like, oh, maybe I should pull that one out. That's kind of weird when somebody says it. I'd say by like 2010, it was kind of shoved to the side. Yeah, what it. year did Kobe get in trouble for it? I thought it was like 11 or 12 or okay. 13. Yeah, so by then it was... I'd say late 2000s, early 2010s, it was kind of shunned. Because I'd say early 2000s, it was in sports vernacular, you know, in locker rooms and stuff, it was pretty consistently used. So right. Kobe said it in 11 and got a technical foul for it in 11. You're, you're right. Then maybe like 07, 08, 09, it was a pretty big deal. So we're coming up on a decade, which means players that would come out in this draft or did, players didn't he get that su- are, Didn't he get suspended for a game he did. for that? Yeah, he did. He got a technical foul yeah. during the game, and then he got suspended. Um, 
So I think what well, my point though is like if we're talking about a guy getting drafted say in 2021, uh, we'd be a year, a, a decade about removed from that. So you've got this whole generation of players that have grown up with the understanding that that is not okay to say, right? Yeah. Don't you think it'd be a bigger deal? I mean, I don't even think. I think it's obvious that it would be. It'd be a powerful thing if like one of the top prospects had come out. I guess maybe during the draft process, maybe it happened during his time, like if he was at Clemson or USC or Ohio State or wherever, and you just knew. But what if a player in the NFL, like a marquee player, or a player in the NBA, a marquee player, came out? To me, that would be just a a wow, like a legitimate all-star in either league. Yeah, yeah. Like to I, me, would that would big. just be a, it, it would be a transcendent Somebody that still had sports. several years left. The nice yeah, thing about I, that – from a, a guy that standpoint. was, and let's just say he was already a marketed star, like someone that just like, right. wow, you know, yeah. whoever NBA 2K or Madden, like that was just one of the dudes, you yeah. know, like one of the best players in the league, which I think it'd be naive to say that over the last 30 years in the NBA or the NFL, for example, in baseball too, any sport, but yeah, that there haven't been star players who were gay, right? No question. My, if I wanted to take an educated guess, I, I think we have that moment this decade. Like I, I would, because it kind of felt like it was, people always kind of hinted like they thought there was some, it was about to happen in a couple sports over the years and then it didn't. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine the pressure if you're a guy who's already making a lot of money and you're being marketed a certain way and you don't want to deal with it. I completely understand. Uh, but it does feel like there's a time now that it, you would get. I mean, I think it would be universally applauded. Yeah, I mean, as universally as something can be, right? Nothing's ever 100%. But I, I would think there's probably been a time, or I wonder, in the last 10 years where somebody maybe was considering it and maybe their agent's like, you know, you're going to, this is not going to be good for business. Johnson & Johnson, your Pert Plus, your hair, your, your I, old see, spice. Don't, don't you think they'd be lined up? Now I think it'd with? go the other way where an agent would be like, yeah. oh, man, this could be huge for us, right? Where you might even get somebody being pushed by their marketing agent to say, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's take advantage of this opportunity. And maybe the player would, maybe you'd be uncomfortable with that aspect of it, but yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, um, it's happening. And I, I think, I mean, the question was rank them. Like, I think the NBA would handle it really well. Probably the, I'd put the NBA one as being the best to handle it. Part of it might just be locker rooms are small. It's just you just kind of know you're most likely to have a relationship with somebody who's on your team. It's, it's easiest to rally a team that's twelve guys to support a player. Maybe. Um, I, so you, I, do you think the reaction between the NFL and the NBA would be that much different? No, probably not. I, I, and people ask me. We talk about this all the time. Like, why would you put those two? Because you're probably wondering why would you put those two ahead. I do think there's a big part just in terms of players I've dealt with. NBA and basketball players are forced to go to college. And college yeah. is just a place where you just get around other people that you aren't normally around. Didn't and I think now they're people with different backgrounds. Definitely from an American standpoint, baseball it's probably never been maybe there have been some times where it's been less diverse, but probably never been less diverse, right? From an from just the Americans. Obviously you have yeah, a lot domestic, of international domestically. Players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, one little I mean, it's not really that much of a secret. You go into a baseball clubhouse, the guys that are foreign often don't speak English as well. 
and they just kind of the, the locker room is segmented by and large of major league clubhouse. There is just segment like like the Dominican guys just hang out together. The Spanish speaking players hang out together. That's and, the one thing football has, right? One hundred percent, everyone speaks the same language. Yeah, right. Basketball and, and doesn't basket- have it to the degree that basketball maybe a guy a team but not even most teams probably even a lot of their international guys speak english yeah. so it's not baseball there's probably not a baseball team that doesn't have multiple guys that don't english is not only their second language probably just don't have a great english maybe they're not as comfortable communicating in it yeah i i got a pushback for you not pushback but just thought crossed my mind if you're player x and you're an all-star right james Harden, you're just whoever and you say i'm gay and that'd be a huge story but as a player, as a great player, you have leverage in the sense that everyone wants you, right? If I'm Mahomes, every team in the league would take me, right? Or I'm a Zion or it's Christian McCaffrey or whoever. One thing you've seen with Corona, with the sports coming back, and the coaches in the NBA were, were very, very uneasy with the way like they were doing mass for older people but not for younger people. And like Dan Tony and Alvin Gentry were like, there was going to be like ageism almost. Like, what if I get sick and I am not allowed to work? Like, it was a huge oh, pushback. Remember, Adam Silver misspoke on the TNT on the TNT. Yeah, TNT. he was like, yeah, T- TNT. That like, just whatever. And I get it because you don't want to be in a position where if this thing's going to be around for another two years, if I get fired, no one's going to hire me. You know, I, I, I completely. I think a coach, like an established one, right? Like, whoever, like Kyle Shanahan. Let's just say Kyle Shanahan was a single guy, or Cliff Kingsbury, or. Probably a better example because he's legitimately single. Came out said, "I am gay," like because as a player, it would be huge and it would be you're more famous. But as a coach, you'd have to be thinking, like, "Am I going to be able to get jobs? Like, is this going to be a detriment?" And you'd say, "Yeah." And this would be the pushback of me saying it's not that big a deal. That would be the number one thing I would be thinking if I was because as a player, my teammates would they understand? I think most people would be like, "Yeah, my teammates." Probably at the end of the day, they won't even give a shit. Might be a couple guys, depending on like football locker rooms bigger. There's always going to be a couple people that are ignorant or don't like them, whatever. But as a coach, I think it would be more thinking: Is this going to hurt my professional ability moving forward? Like that would because be because you'd be less. Story. Your theory being, you'd be less hired to get high, less likely to get hired, or just because players might not accept you as their leader. I, I think the combination of it all. I think there would be a lot of unknown. Whereas as a player. If you're good, it's just you always have a job, right? We're talking about Antonio Brown coming back in the league when he had easily, in my lifetime, one of the craziest year stretches of a player just going unhinged. And it, even I go, yeah, you know, I get it. When Seattle, <laughs> you know, it's one of the, as a coach. Well, as a coach, I, you don't get to just go out and put your shooting percentage on the stat sheet. That, 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 that's my point. Yeah. And it's just you don't control as much. Even though, like, as a guy's coach of the team, yeah, but it's just, it's still like, it's a lot's out of his control, hiring other coaches, dealing with an owner. That's where I think football, basketball would be much more seamless. I, I think coach, whatever. Cause I mean, they'll probably have potentially a woman's head coach, a but, female head coach in the NBA. But don't you think basketball, football, a coach can really put a, identifiable fingerprint on the game so much easier than a basketball coach can that like you might just might be the best play caller in the sport like the, like they can't keep you out right it's wouldn't you say it's impossible for a football coach if he's good to ever be just labeled like this guy's an idiot or he doesn't know what he's doing like it's hard even like whoever you are if you have a legit skill offense or defense 
you just stamps always kind of fall on you. you. Like even you call Cliff. every play. Like even Cliff, it's like pretty clear no one can say Cliff knows nothing about offense, right? Like he's really good at offense. For whatever, he doesn't win. He the defenses suck, but the one thing he always has, like his team score points. Yeah. Where in basketball, it's so easy to be labeled like David Blatt, moron, idiot, Tom Sula like. Like it happens. And clearly David Blatt, pretty high level, but these guys are just idiot, 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 idiot. You're right. Maybe in basketball, because in football, if you're like fucking some genius coverage guy, whoever's on your team would be like, I'm telling you, this guy's putting us in these positions. This is insane, right? When basketball's like, yeah, this guy's an idiot. He just We're just playing out here. Yeah. That always happens in basketball. Because if you think about it, there are a lot longer list over the last like three decades of just NFL coaches who are viewed as like, you know, maybe not like Bill Walsh, but just pretty impressive NFL. In basketball, it's, We've been talking about Greg Popovich for 20 years. Right. Like, there aren't, you know, it's hard to even crack the top two or three. You got to win like, multiple championships. Sean Payton's won one Super Bowl, and we talk about him like he's a genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. You know, genius. Maybe baseball so, would be actually a place then where a manager could, you could almost decide, hey, let's, let's do this as a sport, right? The manager, there's only so much a manager really has to do. We can, we can have somebody have all the numbers. We can make a decision, like a, concerted decision let's have the first game manager but I, I think part of it you need like there has to be someone willing one to come out well yeah there's no but, but and like, there ha- the candidate has to be good enough slash also be homosexual you know there are just things yeah, that, that is a requirement uh you know? but like, like I, do you think there's a chance that the girl Katie Sowers on 49ers. I don't know anything about her. Good, bad coach. I just know Kyle's hired her now multiple places. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt she's a good coach. Right? Just because I've been around coaches, just because you work in the league does not mean you're a good coach. And just because people view you as a bad coach doesn't mean you're actually a bad coach. We just never truly know unless you're really, like, in a in an operation. Because I hear – I read stories about guys that are good, and then I text people on that staff, and they go, yeah, this guy's not that good. Right? Yeah. It's just the nature of the beast. But let's just say things keep going well. Let's say we talk a lot about McDaniels in the floor. What if it's not out of the realm of possibility that she gets a huge, you know, promotion if three or four people leave? And one day she's just in the position where it's like Kyle Shanahan has made Katie Sowers the version of like what Sean McVay had become a couple years ago under Gruden and the Shanahans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't she be she'd be getting interviews if Kyle's is like they're still scoring a bunch of points and viewed as the the hub of innovation, right? Just just look at Andy Reid. Like, if you're on the Andy Reid staff, it comes up, you're just going to keep interviewing. Like, it's inevitable. Right. Or people have been saying about, like, people like three years ago is like, Mike Kafka, uh, you know, uh, he's the offensive quality control. Well, he's three years away from head coaching interviews. And last year, it started to be like, keep an eye on Kafka. And he's the quarterback coach. Yeah. So, it's just, it's inevitable. Now, I don't know. Who knows? I don't, would Katie... Would she leave? Would Kyle? Does I, th- I assume he thinks highly of her. You'd have to think at this point. How, she's not. For, how old is she? she? It's on the table. I'd, right? I'd guess twenty-eight to thirty-five, somewhere in that range. Late twenties, early thirties. I mean, we did have Rick Welts come out almost ten. Like that was two thousand eleven. Uh, it is different with Warriors people behind the executive. scenes. Right it's different though? with what? People behind the scenes. Yeah, and he, I mean, he'd been such a major figure just in the NBA in general before he became a team executive in Phoenix. And then like he worked for the NBA for a long time. And uh, he says he didn't, but he brought the dunk. Con- he, he plays it down, but brought the dunk contest from the ABA to the NBA among many other things. 
she was really well known in the league. But you would just think like, I don't know if you, we're not going to go another ten years without a coach or player. To your point, we're going to go twenty years where Rick Welts came out, and then we're going to go twenty years. Well, I guess we had Jason Collins, but why? I mean, think about this. uh, When you say in every job, like there are. Think about broadcasters. I mean, I've heard rumors about certain individuals that are pretty famous on television. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, why wouldn't just are are we? It's it's just a personal preference. You know, some people just think about it like, listen, I don't put certain parts of my life out there. Yeah, right. I don't talk about like as a straight guy. You don't talk about what you're doing every day. Like once the mic's off or once you're not coaching, right? You just live your life. So I I, I understand. Maybe it is a little more complicated than I look at it because the guy's like, why do I want to make this all about me? You know? Yeah, you got to be willing to take that on. And even no matter how much we've progressed, it, it just, it'll be a lot. If you're the, if you are prime player, you get asked about it all the time. I mean, I know Rick, I mean, I, we've interviewed Rick. I've interviewed Rick. He just he gets asked about it a lot, which he always gives great answers. But. As a player, maybe. I'd say he's uh-huh. he's about as open as you could get, right? Like I remember Steph Curry, he like yeah. is, but is are, is he officially married now? I think he is, right? I think he, did he was get dating married, a guy yeah. for a long time, and he got married. Like that guy comes along with him. It's not like just part of no different than Joe Lacob's wife coming with him or Steve Kerr bringing his. It's just part of the deal. Now it's you'd push back probably if you live somewhere else, be like, well, it is the Bay Area, San Francisco, California is a little different. But this would fall under the category of an inevitability, right? Yeah. I, I, think it's inev- I think it's inevitable this decade. And maybe I'm not giving baseball enough credit. Maybe things have, even for them, evolved. I, I, I'm with you. I'd say baseball, I would put them as the least likely. <laughs> but I can I feel, feel confident about that. <laughs> uh, good question from Will. Yeah. That was deep, guy. That was the, I, I don't mind a deep. It doesn't have to be what's your favorite uh, hot dog condiment. <laughs> Actually, I'd prefer yeah. it be this. So... That's good. What, what, uh, yeah, like, uh, how frequently do you use your Manscaped? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, by, by the way, I'm looking, not a, I'm going to go, I'm going to use it tonight. Not a, uh, you got to get rid of the fourth. You don't want to go like too clean. You like, you don't want to have the night before smoothness. You know, you want a, f- a few days growth back. It just depends where you're trimming. You know, <laughs> if you're going down low, I, I like it nice and trim. If I'm going like I get the patch of hair above my butt, I like to trim that too. I use the uh, the razor. Do you want that there. to be smooth? Yeah. Yeah, it's my it's my little hair stamp <laughs> that I like tagged on. Your tra- your 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 hairy tramp stamp. Yeah, it's it's funny. the The older you get, you, and you go bald, hair pops up literally everywhere on your body except the top of your head. I know. It's like where I got these well, weird hairs under my know, arms but... and. It's just, just you're lucky, guy. You're lucky. But believe me, it's with you're with this guy, growth at least you comes a, just a a lifetime full of of effort. If you told me right now, I could I could just eliminate all my facial hair. I would never shave again, but it would mean I couldn't grow sideburns or a goatee or have a five o'clock shadow. I would do that so fast. I just don't know why you don't grow a beard. Like that's to me, the it beards itchy. have hot, itchy, yeah, they, catches on my it, clothes. It just feels like everyone the beards are in. And you have just probably a pristine chance to grow like a sweet, thick, purely, you know, it, it like uh, trimmed. All, anything that has like a hoodie, a collar, it's just my hair is so coarse that it just pulls it and gets it all bally. And it's, it's nice. I would say the last decade felt like it was like the, the decade of the beards. They were just in, right? Famous people wearing them. TV where you always had to be cleanly shaved, people wearing beards. It was like beards were in. 
Because I remember growing up, it was like, you got to be clean shaved. You got to be clean shaved. You got to be clean shaved. I remember like one kid's dad had a beard. And yeah, you knew they just, that he'd had it for 40 years. Yeah, and it was just like, what does he do? It's like, I oh, just, he just works in construction. Never you seen know, his just, face. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. He just, he's the local farmer. What does he look you know? like? Don't know. Now it's just like, what does that guy do? I don't know. I think he's trying to start some weed company. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just everyone's fucking got a beard. I did see there was a line. There was a, a weed shop on uh, Lombard. And yeah. so there's a socially distanced line down the block the other day when I drove by, like around the corner, everyone's six feet apart, just waiting patiently at the apothecary or whatever they call it. I've heard, I, I was, uh, met this guy yesterday who was trying to get into the weed business and he was telling me how difficult it is based on the taxes. And there are these different tax rules. It's one tax rule. If you're doing something specific, it's a dollar on top of every square feet of your operation. And if you're doing like this other thing, it's a $6 on top of every square feet. So like if you got 5,000 square feet, it's an extra, you know, however many dollars, you know, 30, whatever a month. It's just basically these taxes are, it's impossible wow. to do business. He said the black market's never been stronger Wow. right now. It just takes, it's just so difficult because you're always fighting, you know, big pharma, right? You know, the, even the, whatever tobacco has left, they're just fighting your tooth and nail to hold you down. Just always a battle over money. It's not about people always always think it's about health and stuff. Now, ultimately, like that's the driving conversation, but it's always about money. Like the did you see the story that California for a split second, I maybe naive thought, you know what, sports gambling, the Corona, California, think how much money they can make. They're just gonna allow it, right? Yeah, we here, here we come. Yeah, just it's gonna be sports gambling. And then all of a sudden, last week, I read in the Sacramento Bee, and I don't blame the Indy Casinos at all. If I was in their position, I'd love having the fucking market cornered. It's got to be an incredible experience. Do they experience. have sports books? They don't, but I think I would imagine if you sat down with the dudes that run the Indy Casinos, they said, it's just a snowball effect. It's a domino effect. Yeah. One thing leads to another. Why would we want anyone to take away from just we're the only thing in town? Because right. that was my first talk. Well, why wouldn't you just put a couple sports books in your place anyway? You already have the infrastructure because then we're just one more law away from just a normal casino. And then you can just the ham, the ham book downtown Walnut Creek Creek. You guys can, you could start your own casinos, place bets and even in a three years do card games. So I get where they're coming from. But the only reason that thing got taken off the ballot guy is because a ton of money came from Indian casinos, right? Who have the market corner and have a good thing going. And that was more valuable than me signing up on DraftKings to tell my senator that I wanted gambling, sports gambling to be allowed. Well, it shows you it didn't matter. No. Your voice, your voice only matters in, uh, in the state capitol, in D.C. or whatever, if you have a large briefcase of money. If you don't, you can scream fucking to the high heavens, and I think people just walk right past I, you. I sense. would be down to just start plotting, lining up some investors for the ham sports book for... 10, 15 years from now when it happens. I, I Don't get me wrong. I've already thought about this. And I've already envisioned, like, who would my security team be? And just, like, the one night when we had a huge night and the dude is trying to rob us and they come because we got, like, a million dollars in cash that we're trying to, you know, take out. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they're coming, but my security team's there. These are things who, that I've already... Wait, who, who would... What do you mean who the security team would be? Like, which company you, you would hire? No, just, like, what my security guards would kind of look like. Oh, you just oh. need a couple sweet yeah. ones because there are going to be nights when you have a lot on the line big. and you win big, right? But you'd also have some of those nights where as much as you're sweating it out as a gambler, imagine if there was a big game that night 
and you had had historic amount of money gambled on that game, and 80% of it's on one side. Well, you're rooting for a specific result, right? right? If you're the house, you are, you're not just indifferent. Maybe on some games where it's like, well, it's 50-50, whatever, we're going to make money either way. I bet there are some games, sometimes you read like Rovell tweeted, like Vegas is heavily rooting against this to happen. Yeah. And that's got to be like, if you're the guy, like the CEO like of the Butler. company or... Yeah, you're like, oh my god! I hope this fucking this. You watch the team drive the field. You pr- please throw a pick. Well, I would imagine if you're the sports book in a, in like in Walnut Creek, for example, how hard are you rooting against the 49ers every week? Because that's where all the well, money is. Yeah, one thousand percent. Wouldn't you imagine Vegas is gonna the the Raiders, the Raiders. gonna get bet pretty heavily? Yeah, I think they tell you they already they always do anyway, right? They're just a popular. Yeah, I bet sharps bet against them. <laughs> Uh, John, let's tell the people this podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. Mm. Promo Got code HAM gets you 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body, and you will need it at some point. Even your quarantine body is ready for the wild. Don't be the guy at the beach with a bear rug on your chest. And if you grew some quarantine man boobs, that's what they say. Uh, this the least you can do is make sure they're hairless. Although, John, if I could recommend, don't go full smooth on those. I would say you want a little bit of uh, camouflage, let's say, if you've added a little weight. Well, guy, Manscaped is now associated with the two biggest brands in the Bay Area. 49ers and Haberman and Milcock. Very good point. Uh, promo code HAM. They got the best trimmer in the business, the Lawnmower 3.0. You have it. I have it. Uh, it's waterproof, cordless, USB you know, plug. It's really easy to use. You can uh, – it's just – it's so smooth that you never have to worry about nicks and cuts. And we all know when you have a war wound down below on the uh, on the testes, it can get ugly and it can get ugly fast. And I've never had one issue. And I've been using this now. We've been dealing with them now. It feels like, you know, almost a year. Like we've had their products and it's fantastic. You also find they get a crop reviver, a testy toner that's designed to give you a little pep in your step. They, they got a lot of stuff, guy. It's it's legit. Promo code HAM. Promo that's right. code HAM. Uh, inside the perfect package, you'll also get the Manscaped crop, uh, crop Preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer, and uh, the Reviver, which is the testy toner. It's all part of the perfect package. Subscribe to it. You get a blade, new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Use the promo code HAM, 20% off, and free shipping at manscaped.com. Yep, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com, promo code HAM. Trim your chesticles. That's everything you chesticles. got, baby. <laughs> I like that. Get on it. How about our boy uh, Hunter Mayhan, John? I I almost took him in DraftKings this week just because he'd been on the podcast. Did not make the cut, but what did he shoot, like 68-71 or something? I think it was 67-71. Have you noticed the last two weeks, the cuts, and this is part of just these fields in Corona, our pack, have been like minus three, and two weeks ago it was minus four. Like, you could shoot Well, what did Dusty shoot to win, minus 19? Yeah, but but you, you don't get much room for error. Like, you have a bad day. You shoot over par. You got to go, like, really under par the second day because you, you're not going to make these tournaments at minus one. Like, that's... Typically, when you watch a PGA tournament, the cut is not minus four, minus five. Like that's pretty nuts. It speaks to the aggressiveness of these guys. I think the fields are packed. It'll be interesting in the majors. Those probably will be typically 
you know, normal, I'd yeah. assume. But, hell, is there a little less pressure without fans? You know, I, I, I've seen a couple of players say that, you know, you got to give yourself a little juice. But I don't know. I, I wonder if it feels a little more normal. You know, you don't – no one's throwing you off really. I think it's a little really. easier to focus. Yeah. Just the little things that you don't have to worry about. Give yourself an extra 10 minutes because you don't know what traffic's going to be like because some roads will be closed. There's none of that. There's none of the walk from the clubhouse to the driving range and stop to sign a few autographs because, you know, it's just a normal tournament. There's going to be a bunch of people around the driving range. There's none of that. So I do think it's got to help guys just kind of lock in. People aren't crowded around you. Maybe DJ tunes it out, but most people, I mean, it's a part of just what's going on. I think golf was by far the least noticeable as we move on every week uh, with, without missing the fans. Now, I think the majors, you'd feel it a lot. But I, I'm watching these tournaments, and it just feels like I'm watching the PGA tournament. Now, yeah. part of it is just the players, right? If I'm just watching Rory or I'm watching DJ or I'm watching DeChambeau, like, I'd be watching that guy no matter what. And we had talked about this before. I think baseball, like you notice in the KBO, I mean, again, I've watched no. 15 minutes. But when you just watch baseball with no fans, it still kind of it looks like baseball. I think basketball and football could look dramatic. Basketball is going to look really weird, I think. It's going to look really, really weird. Football, I guess they could do the camera shots a little different. But still, I mean, a huge part of football is the home court. I, I think but I golf would say is, with, like, you've seen football. Like, even if you don't realize you've seen it, you've seen spring football games that aren't well attended. You've seen the AAF or the XFL, you've seen, you've just seen football games without people or a lot of people there. I've seen basketball games like a G league game or something. And it's weird. Yeah. Ba- basketball, basketball by, to me is by far number one on the, it's going to look weird by far. It's going to, because when you think summer league, you think you're getting a hundred thousand people watching this thing on TV also, like, and, it, and it looks is, weird. The fan, like you, you make a big play, you get a big dunk, you high five fans. People are going. It's just Ch- chance. Ch- yeah, there's just the crowd is such a big part of basketball. I would say it's the, bigger than any. I mean, obviously with football and hearing and stuff, but it's just because as a viewer, part of the thing with golf, they tell you to be quiet when you hit. Right. Right. Yeah. And baseball is just casual anyway. Basketball, they're right there. So. The one, the one guy Sunday, Brendan Todd, thank God there weren't fans. Uh, he kind of fell. I mean, I say he fell apart. He just had one bad shot, and it just led to another really difficult shot that was bad, and then another difficult shot that was bad. One, yeah, I mean, he got a triple bogey when he was tied for second. Like, that's not ideal. No, but it wasn't like he choked. He just had some awful yeah. lie, and then he hits a badge. I mean, maybe at least initially he didn't choke, but... One thing he didn't choke. It, it just it snowballed. It, it happens to guys every week. It was ugly though. It was bad. Maybe part of it, the way you're watching it, is like this is a guy. He's overcome. They said he overcame the yips twice with his driver. Which, watching them talk about somebody with the yips, as somebody who I feel like I'm always one step away from. I got the yips the other day on the driving range. I hit a few bad shots with my irons, and then I was thinking about it every iron I hit. And it was basically 50-50. Was I going to hit a bad shot or a good shot at that point? Which is slightly worse than my normal 60-40. I've never heard of the yips with a driver. Because I think it happens with irons sometimes when you are shanking the ball yeah. or have either like a crazy duck hook and you just don't know what you're doing. I think it happens with putting where you just you have no clue how far to bring it back or forward. Putting's really fucking hard. 
even good players, I feel like, are kind of guessing. Yeah, I've been playing golf for 20 years. I, every putt I have is kind of an educated guess. When I'm hitting a shot, it's much closer to, like, I know what I'm trying to do. Putting, I got no clue. Now, you might know where to aim it, kind of, but I don't know how hard you're hitting. It's right. just, putting is the shittiest part of golf, but it's the most important part of golf. I've never heard of the yips with a driver. Now, you might be hitting bad drives, but the drive, unlike, there's there's like a hosel in on an iron where it kind of bends where the iron in with the driver's flat so he, I, I don't know what what, yeah, he, what did it mean I, I don't know I, there wasn't much explanation as to what it really meant maybe he was just hitting crazy like duck hooks and he had no clue maybe, what he was yeah. doing uh i i that's got to be a shitty feeling i can, when i think what would you say nick anderson got it free throws chuck knoblock famously got it Steve from second Sachs, base he was the other one yeah the Knobloch thing was kind of crazy because the guy was legitimately the best second baseman in the big leagues for like, or him and old Robbie Alomar, right? Like he was a star. Yankees got him, and he he couldn't, and he's really close, right? And he just couldn't get close. You know, he couldn't, yeah, fifteen feet Throw away over from the guy's base. head. Rube, <laughs> the catcher in major league, got it. Yeah, but then they started thinking about naked chicks, right? And he right. threw it back. Playboy articles, bios. I do think I, I was. I was watching early today. I flipped it on the golf, and I forget there there were a lot of random guys in the mix. So it was one of the random guys, like Shakafli. And you're like, oh, this guy, you know, another skinny white guy that's you know minus fourteen. And they'd be like, he's got this new mental coach. He's a retired fireman. He is a fireman. <laughs> or yeah, he was a fireman. And it was like what? And then you think when you're a positive thinker. You know, and you see all these like uh, positive books and the Gary V's. There's not like some like if you're going to be an NFL player, it's like, well, where'd you play college football, right? If you're going to be a broadcaster, like, oh, where'd you get your first? You do minor league baseball once upon a time. Like you're just a motivational, you know, positive, you know, mind guy with an individual athlete. You could have a lot of different backgrounds, right? It's not crazy to think like, listen, I was a fireman in the craziest fire zone in America. And I had to get myself, and you just built on that. And then it does like, seem like you get a lot of food business, former elite athletes, or dangerous jobs like SEAL, Navy SEALs, firefighters. Well, that's about it. Yeah, to, to me, yeah, Olympic to me, a Navy, figure skaters. Yeah, I, I would say a, a Navy SEAL. Like a, I know Jocko's pretty famous right now. Right. Rogan has him on sometime. Like he's he's gone through the buds. He fought. You know, he's still, like, if you follow him on Instagram, guy's up at 440. Like, the guy's got a mindset of, like, yeah, I wish I had, like, just a 10% of that. And you hear him talk sometimes just about basic things, like the whole part of anything, cra- the crazier the environment, the more calm you want to be, which seems, like, once you hear someone talk about it, you're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, y- your child's missing because <laughs> you think he ran away. Your natural reaction is going to be to freak. You don't remember right? to calm or, down, yeah. Yeah, or you fucking, you're tied for the lead. In the PGA Championship, it's hole 14, and you shank one out of bounds. So Your first reaction is going to be like, I'm done. I, I Have you seen the movie Ad Astra with Brad Pitt? I have not, no. June 27th, John. That's how long it took me to get to this movie. We, I watched it on Saturday night. And, on demand it? Yeah, free on demand HBO movie. It's really like two hours and ten minutes. You're just not getting back. I would recommend anybody. You've gone deep into your Netflix Amazon Prime, maybe you've even subscribed to Hulu, and you're like, I got nothing else, and you see Ad Astra, and you go, maybe I'll try Ad Astra. Don't do it. Is that bad? Because it's weird enough that you're like, oh, what's going to happen? But it's not enjoyable. 
at all. And not not enjoyable in like the oh I'm really uncomfortable way. Just what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Like what, what I, I'm out I'm out on this. So movie be out on it. Scrub. Now yeah. I like Brad Pitt, so that helps. But there's a Brad Pitt's an astronaut, and they're like, "Is it true that your your heart rate's never gone above 80? And he's like, "So far, <laughs> it's a great skill. I mean, he's been in some yeah. crazy situations, but it's not like you feel like watching Dustin Johnson. That's his heart rate's never gone above whatever it, the baseline high for him is. His heart rate probably doesn't ever spike. I think it helps in non reactionary. I guess." How am I going to describe this? In in sports like golf or even a baseball or kicking, where thinking is a huge part of your game. To me, like if you're playing middle linebacker, heart rate. I, I think part of it is like just instincts and in playing. You can almost overthink. Yeah, and you like have to almost just, feel just, like a thing that it has to be like a specific skill, right? Like a motor, like a specific synchronized motor skill, right? Like how would you even get the yips and? If you're a middle linebacker, I don't think you would. You just I think you can lose. You can, you can lose your confidence, but to me, confidence. Yeah, you can stop in something like what you're seeing or something like, like that. Like yips. Have you ever lost your confidence calling a game? Like felt like God, I'm not feeling it today. Or I guess it would be more because I think your golf analogy is perfect. Part of anything is when you go into whatever you have to do. Right? They say like you should be when you go take a test. You should have already studied. When you go to play in a golf tournament or whatever, hitting balls, if you hit really good balls, you're going to feel confident. It's why the last shot you want to hit on the range is something positive, right? It's why NFL teams, you want to have a good practice, a good walkthrough on like Saturday to feel like we have a good game plan. Uh, but you can, once the game starts, even if you have confidence, like, fuck, I'm calling, you get the call this year, you're calling an NFL game. There is just a level of like I'm really prepared, I'm ready to go, and then the game starts, and you just probably a bad analogy because again, you just you can talk your way through it. Yeah, I mean, I would say from that standpoint, I've had games where I'm really nervous going in, and then it starts, and it just starts, and you're fine. It, now there have been also so, games where I'm like, this is not, I'm, this is I'm off, but it's not the yips. It's just for whatever reason. Usually it occurs in a game that has a weird rhythm, whatever. So yeah, to me that's not, that's no different to me than a player. Like you have a bad game, right? You're just off for whatever reason. Yeah. You have a sales pitch that doesn't go perfect. To me, a yips is like you don't know what you're doing, and you just feel lost at whatever you have to do. And sports is tangible. Uh, you know, it's it could be that way. Like, yeah, I mean, I, well, I, isn't the deal? I watched an interview. At, of Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley on Oprah from many years ago. And they're talking about Chuck's golf swing. Did you realize Chuck used to be like good at golf? He didn't always swing like that. Well, I could imagine him. He was an elite athlete in the nineties. So was skinny, which now I understand. Cause I'm always like, why does he keep playing? But now I get it. Like he used, he's trying to, he's been good before. So that's what he's trying to recapture. Chuck said he got a, or Michael, one of them was saying Chuck got a lesson or a couple of lessons. And the, it, Whatever he was doing in the lessons, he was trying to change something, and it fucked him up, and he hasn't been able to get back. But Chuck, so it is the like Charles used. It's not like Charles can't. He used to be good. Well, I think sports a good example of lessons, coaches. Not everything is right for every individual, right? Whatever that said threw him off. Right. Where some things work really well for certain individuals. It's why some good coaches can't coach certain players, like in football. Like, whatever reason. They're just verbal communication. It just doesn't work. It's just the juju's off, whatever. It Maybe the way that guy learns. 
And I, I, I think I, I've been like that with golf multiple times where you just go, I got no fucking clue what I'm doing. None. And my, I know for my golf swing, I black out once I come down. I don't feel it. Like Tiger could always claim he feels every inch of his golf swing. Like he can feel the club head where it's at. I don't on the bat down swing. I, I don't. I just black out. Now, I know what I do wrong sometimes when I'm coming down because it starts at the top, but I don't like, I don't feel I feel it, right? And some people gotcha. you, you hear talking about like their baseball swing, the way Tony Gwynn could describe is a lot different than even a, maybe, a, maybe like Jose Altuve can't describe it that well. I'm just using him randomly, arbitrary, right? Some golfers like Bubba Watson's never got a lesson where Bryson gets Same. You know, 8 million things. Identify. Yeah, so it's just every every tell. human's a little different that way. Yeah, um, I I mean the, I guess maybe the, 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 to me the second base yips I, I'd say the knob lock thing is probably the, one of the crazier things we've ever seen in yeah, sports. It's, right? it's, Elite player, it's one thing to go through a hitting slump or have a, he couldn't throw it to first. Coco base, Crisp remember also struggled, and it was it was a it was not that his arm was it was a mental thing like Coco. He had, didn't he have one of the worst arms in league history? He though? did, but but but. He had like the yips too, because he would like hesitate when. Yeah, he, he just it. there was something. It was something. Steve Sachs was the guy I always heard of, and I I don't know if it was worse than Chuck's. He was also a second baseman though. Um, maybe a quarterback throwing short passes. Maybe you would get the. To yips me, you could you could rep you could that. rep out of that. I feel like just keep yeah. throwing. You could not call that pass. You know. Right. Like you can't. It's if you're playing second base. It's unavoidable if you get the ball where you got to throw the ball, right? <laughs> like that's and as it's bouncing football, towards you, you're like, I know what I have to do. I know what I have to do. Because how that's the one thing in football, like when you have an injury, like let's say your quarterback, his shoulders all fucked up and he can't throw right. Why well, can just call the game a little differently, right? In, in baseball or even basketball, like it's pretty black and white what you got to do. Uh, I would have one exception for hoops, and it would only apply to people like us. And only to pick up hoops, but that's breakaway layups. Yeah. Well, when you're not jumping very high, to me, a layup in college basketball or the NBA or a good high school player, when you're touching the backboard as you're laying it up, it's almost like a, a tap-in putt. When you're not jumping more than like five inches off the ground, it's still a decent amount. Of, you got to angle the ball. You don't want to be running too fast. You right? know it's, everybody is watching you. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's actually a little more challenging, I think, than we just think it on the surface. Yeah, you could argue like a little like five foot jumper is almost easier if you're set than a full running layup when you're not jumping that high. Yeah, it depends how fast you're under. Are you someone on your heels? That's the other one. I, I would say in pickup basketball, a guy that's not jumping very high, average to below average white guy is missing a pickup basketball layup. Forty. He's hitting that. I'd yeah, I'd say he's hitting it fifty percent of the time. Full, the, when the guy's sprinting right behind him, yeah, and he's not You're jumping. Right. It's not that, sixty. It's, it's not sixty percent. It, it's a coin flip layup. Because how many times have you played and seen that ball, not just miss, but like go off the backboard and miss the rim, rocket, <laughs> just bang, <laughs> fast break. And then the other that way. guy chasing gets the rebound and pushes it. It's a fast break the other way. It's like a missed three. I know. Yeah. What would the putt distance be that you feel? But again, back to putting. I'd say non like pros. Everything's a guess. So unless it's like a legit tap-in, anything over a couple feet, especially if it's Yeah, bending, but like at is, eight feet, you're not like, oh, I'm expected to make this. But at two and a half feet, you're expected to make it. Yeah, I mean, it depends. If, if you and me are playing and we're playing $1,000 a hole and there's a two and a half foot putt for 
five thousand dollars, I I wouldn't expect you to be a lock to make it. You know. Well, yeah, I, I know. I'd... But to so me, I, anything I would, that's like I, in like in the range of up just about you would give it to me feels like there's pressure on me now to make that distance of a putt. Yeah, unless I give it. To, it's why if you do get the putt, you have to pick up the putt. You can't putt and miss and then still get it. Like you got to pick it. So a lot of guys do that. Like it's yeah. good and then hit it with the back of their putter and miss. Like no, that's you pick up the ball. Right. Right. I don't want to see you miss the ball. I gave you the putt. Yep. So you miss the it's why you do see it like match play and the high level stuff, they pick up the ball. They don't fuck around. Now maybe well, once the hole is over, then you can practice. That's fine, and then you can miss the putt. But when I give you the, to me, the rules are when I give you the putt, whether it's good, good or whatever, you don't get to fuck around and miss the putt. It's not allowed. I played Un- until the hole's over. Then you can like you know reput or whatever. Uh, last week I played with down. two guys who I, I didn't know. I just went on as a single. Played with two of them, and one of the guys, Tyler, says, "Hey, let's play the last three holes for twenty bucks." Like him and his buddy are going to do it. You want in? I said, "Sure." He's this guy's much better than me. We're gonna play three, just three skins. Whoever wins, you have to win two. You win the twenty bucks. If one of the two, if two of the one three people tied, then everyone, right. I lose the first hole, win the second, third hole. He is much better than me, but he goes in the sand and shoots it over the green, whatever. So it's clear that I'm winning this hole, even though I'm like three feet from the hole. And we each, you, you stand to win forty bucks. I'm gonna win forty bucks. He just hands me the forty bucks. I'm like thanks. I still want to putt it, though, for par. Or I've got a birdie chance, right? I putt. I miss. And everyone kind of stops. Like, wait a second. Did we pay this guy too early? Now, luckily, I made the next putt. But could you have picked up, or did he want you to putt out? I, I think I could have picked up. Yeah. I just wanted to know for my own score, you know, for the, trying to get the so handicap. Did he, did, he, did, he, did he get a bogey? I think he doubled. I was fine. Oh, so you could have three-putted yeah, for the win. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. But everyone that perks up, everyone just kind of, and even I was like, oh. and someone made a joke, like, give that money back. You know, you just realized like, this is, I got the money in my pocket. Haberman's trying to break 20. Follow my uh, journey on Instagram. Uh, 20 uh, handicap. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think you'll be in the teens by, uh, by a month. I, I did call you after you my round on Wednesday and say, do I have to post every score? Yeah, you got to post you said, it. Yeah, well, yes, I mean, a lot of reverse handicaps like posting shittier scores to get their handicap up. Makes sense. Right? If you want to play in money games, right, and you're a five, you'd rather be a ten on paper. That's where golf can be a little fucked up, Here's, right? It, that, that to me is, like, people say handicaps. There's, there's something to be said, like, in a football game, in a basketball game. Now, maybe you're getting points on the uh, Vegas but like when I'm playing, you don't start, you don't get seven just because you're a shittier team than me, right? We're all on an even playing field. With golf, it's like, well, I'm a five, you're an eighteen. But what if you've actually been playing a lot better and you've been you're at the, on this given sun summer, right? You're really more of a twelve, and then we're playing for a couple hundred bucks. I'm just gonna loot because you're just your numbers I, way off. I, I always thought it's BS, like the, how many strokes somebody has to give. Like it's no, great. I get it. Like if the guy's really good. Right, like my brother's one of his best friends, Tyler Raber, played college golf, won college tournaments, played in a fucking U.S. Open, and it's like on his bad days he'll shoot seventy three, but he'll also have five birdies. Right, so he's just you can't like I'm not gonna play him straight up even if I'm playing well. Yeah, but like what? How many strokes does he have? Does he have to give me ten? To me, there should so, almost there should almost be uh, like if if you and I are playing together and you 
are and and you and I'm 15 strokes worse than you, right? There should almost so, be like some like I should not make as much money if I win using 14 strokes than you make if you beat me by 20 strokes, right? I, I know that that's why when when Kisner played the barstool guys. They, especially given that he hadn't been, like, it was mid-corona, it's not like he's in the middle of his PJ Tour season, they'd have to be really, really shitty for him to look, for him to beat them. You're playing four guys scramble. Like, there are certain elements to golf of, it's a disadvantage sometimes to be really good because of the amount of strokes you got to give. You end up doing shit like that. I don't blame him. Like, it was, but then he, I think he, I remember realizing, like, this is unfair. Like, they hit three out of bounds, and one guy hits it on the green, they, it's like, yeah, it's part of the scramble. But yeah. it's like... It's part of golf. Like that, the argument is that golf, like you, you and I, I think a good example is in in basketball, like elite players. One, they don't like playing pickup with random guys. Two, one, it's easy. Two, you get hurt. But when they do, like I remember when Paul George used to come to Fresno State, he he would just only work on jumpers. And I remember the clips of Michael Jordan at like the Y in Chicago. Now he was. He just needed the juice. It didn't look like he was not trying. He was just trying to probably keep his wind. But golf is one of those sports where Tiger Woods could legitimately play with you, right? And on paper, he'd have to give you 20. But it's like, you're right. Where if you beat him with 30 shots, and even, at, let's say, he shoots 70 instead of 68, should you get the same amount of money? No. That, you know, it's just, it's not an, it's not an even playing field. I, and the that's reason it's like, so we can have that fun. Like, so it's, yeah, that's why so it everyone exists. like yeah, a friend group. You could have a scratch, a seven, a 12 and a 20, and you can all play together for equal money. And everyone's included that, that that's the pushback of what makes golf so special. It re- I mean, it's great. It's really, a we, we couldn't play two on two basketball, me, you versus fucking Stefan clay. Even if they like, if they, they spotted spot us, us nine points to 11. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd lose. It would make it more fun for them though. It would give them a little juice, right? If they knew they couldn't give, if it was like we're playing to eleven, we're spotting you guys ten points. That would make it fun for them. Actually, I don't think we could, fun. but we couldn't beat them. No, but Unless it would at least give Mary. them some juice, like a little urgency to close out yeah. on a jumper. All it takes is one but, open jumper to go down. But, but but my my, I would say that never happens in basketball, right? You would never do that. Like you would just like, yeah, we're not playing you. Right? Well, yeah, I'm just in saying, golf. You, but if, in golf, you do see that. That is the cool part. Like, pro could just play with some average Joe. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying is, make if money. you and I rolled out and Steph and Clay were at the park and we played two on two to eleven, they would not have any fun if we both started at zero, because they would know they wouldn't. If we start, if we only had to make one bucket, all of a sudden those guys have to close out on every jumper. Yeah. So actually, there there's something. It'd be, to it, that. It, it it would it would be a pointless game to play zero to zero. You'd be like, what what are we doing here? Just like if you played, you went out tomorrow to Harding Park and Patrick Reed met you on hole one and he just like I'll play you straight up. You'd be like, well, what the fuck? What, why am I even gonna hit a You're shot? You're trying to win one hole, right. hoping that he tri- <laughs> trip quadruples. Yeah, I'd say the likelihood of you being able to, you know, I guess you could win a hole. Yeah, you probably win a hole. Pro- I mean, maybe. Yeah, he'd have to have a bad hole, and you'd and have it to would have, have to be the one hole. that I par. Yeah, because there's a chance if he only has his worst score on the day is a bogey. You have to part that hole. Now that's where the handicap comes in. If you're playing, you know, you can get like if you're a twenty handicap, there are going to be holes where you pop twice, so you can get a double and get a par. But it's just it just feels like I mean, yeah. Well, it's like it's like gross and net income, right? <laughs> well, you know, we I made seven hundred uh, million dollars in revenue. Gross, uh, net income uh, eight hundred thousand dollars, right? 
part of the deal. Yeah, but but you don't spot if I if I make five hundred thousand dollars, I guess yeah. Then you're saying my tax bill would be lower. Yeah, that's true. But I in the end, I still made more money than you, right? With my big tax bill, if I made twice as much and paid more in tax, I still made cleared more. Ideally, in golf, you just want to shoot low net, or I mean, just your actual score be good, and then take it from there. It just feels like cheating. So that, that's what that's what everyone is attempting to do. Just be a good golfer. John, let's tell the people about sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go to that website. Do that for us. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Uh, right now, the lowest prices of the season. Save $400 on a Sleep Number 360 C4 smart bed. Just $12.99, only for a limited time at Sleep Number stores. Or just right now, while you're listening to this ad, go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Uh, we appreciate that. And, uh, I mean, really now more than ever, sleep which is always a big deal. It's a big deal. Mental health. Yeah, I mean, guys, self-care starts with sleep. I, I'm a big sleeper. You're a big sleeper. I feel so much better on sleep days. As being a professional podcaster, there are days when I, you know, go to bed at like midnight instead of, you know, my Tom Brady 945, and I feel it. And luckily, having a sleep number bed, my I had a good night's sleep, but going to bed on time, the quality of sleep, reducing stress, while we're, you know, you and I have been working from home, like this ain't this ain't new part of life. We've been grinding at home for a long time, and uh, it, it helps a lot. The sleep number really changed the game. Got one years ago when I moved into this place, and never looked back. I highly recommend it. Uh, sleep number gives you some tips for uh, calming a racing mind. Something when you're uh, maybe standing over a big putt, write down what's on your mind. Put your phone in another room. This one actually, I was doing this the other night, going to sleep. Focus on your breathing. Big one. Maybe listen to some. I, I, lo- music. I love. Ta- I love taking deep breaths. I realize, you know, I've been in this uh, pandemic, John, not going to the gym. Uh, Alyssa and I have been working out to just doing like workouts together because we don't go to the same gym. And she's yeah. been saying to me repeatedly, like, you don't, you realize you don't really breathe. Like what? She's like, yeah, you don't breathe like when you're doing sit-ups, which is a problem. So focus on your breathing. I've been trying to keep that in mind, and uh, definitely get a good night's sleep. Great for the immune system. That's where Sleep Number comes in. Sleep Number, lowest price of the season, $400. That's what you save on a Sleep Number 360 C4 smart bed. Again, just a $12.99, limited time. Sleep Number stores, sleepnumber.com slash ham. <sighs> Out through the mouth. <sighs> Namaste. You know, Jason, you know Jason Day? The light in me Who recognizes you? the light in you. Jason Day, you don't, see, you don't see very much on TV anymore. If you ever watch right before he hits a shot, he takes a big deep breath while he's behind the ball. Played Helps by himself this week, John. <laughs> oh, because his partner got corona? No, because they he took a COVID test, but before they got the results back, they didn't know what, so oh. they put him out by himself. I, I saw that on, I saw a Twitter headline, Jason Day was concerned, he was feeling weird, got the test, but then he didn't have it, so he still kept playing. Yeah. Which was like me the other day when I played with three older gentlemen who all called it quits after nine, and then it was just me. By the way, here's a question for you. So You go cart or walk? Walking. So one of the guys was getting, his name was Tracy. Apparently Presidio Golf Course in San Francisco has had an uh, annual tournament on the 4th of July where all the uh, entrants only can play with four clubs. It's called That's kind of a cool Four on the 4th. Yeah. So Tracy was getting ready. He was playing with a 3-wood, a 7-iron, a putter, Obviously, what was he must have had a wedge was his other club. Yeah. Those were the four. What would you what would you go with? Yeah, the because the three wood you can hit off the fairway too, probably more consistently. So that would be the club. Uh, 
You could either go, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would probably just go a sand wedge. I probably would go like six iron or five iron over a seven, but you'd have to look at the course and the putter. You could argue go like a four iron, an eight iron, and a wedge and putt with the wedge. I actually can putt decently with a wedge. So I asked him if he considered that. I, I might not go the putter and putt with the wedge and go two irons. I guess I asked him if he considered it, and he, his answer was no. Putting's way too important. Now, he won the inaugural tournament, too, so I give him some. I mean, you could yeah, argue putting's hard enough as it is. Is Presidio not that long? Like, are you going to need, uh, like, four iron? Presidio is the whites are 6,100. The blacks yeah, so are 6,400. Yeah. It's not very long. Yeah, to me, I'd have to do a little course management. That would probably be the key. When I, I went to Stanford Golf Camp, my cousin Kenny, back in the day, and Nota Begay was a counselor, mm. and one of the things they would do during the week, it was like Monday through Friday, and every night you'd play nine holes on Stanford's golf course, and the counselors wow. were all players. You know, we're all either Stanford golfers or other college golfers in California, like a UCLA golfer or UC Davis would come be a counselor. It was like fun for them to fuck around. One of the nights, they, the counselors would have a deal where they would only get to use a club. And Noda was like, obviously Tiger wasn't working the camp. Noda, I think, shot one under with like a five iron. Now, I mean, at that point in time, it was his home course. They were like national champs. Like he's the, besides, he was technically, I think they're one. You know, Tiger's freshman year, I don't think he was the one. But that's just, those guys are just wow, pretty good, you know. Plus, you hit it close enough, you're not three putting. Like I three putt with a putter. Right, you, you, you stick exactly. it with a foot, putt. yeah, and they they can take stuff off it, you know, not do full swings. Yeah, like Phil, Mickelson's big thing is Tyler Raber told me when I was playing with him on Wednesday. His thing is never try to do half shots because unless you're a tour player, you're wasting your time. Do everything full. So if that means choking down, if that means clubbing up, mm. clubbing down. It happens with wedges, always try I would to say go, a lot, right, for me. Always try to go. To me, wedges, it, that is a little bit of a touch shot. But anything sometimes, you know, if like you're between like a six iron and a seven iron, just pick whatever you're going to swing full. Because when you try to go like 80% and take something, you're, you're going to screw up. Oh, uh, wait, I'm going to take up. a little off. I'm gonna, it'll cut. You're going to drop it soft. Yeah. I don't. I want to be on the front, not on the back ledge there. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> I think people waste too much time. Like, what do we got? You know, it's like, just hit the fucking shot. You know, that's all. You know, watch Dustin Johnson. His pace of play is high. Yeah. Like, he is not like, what's he doing over there? He just, every time they go to him, he's swinging. Like, Hard. That's a, he just swinging. He swings. You go to Bryson, he's looking at seven things or some of these guys. Every time they cut to Dustin, it's like marking the ball, putt, hit, mark, hit, hit, hit. He's just a fucking – he's got to be a dream to play with, just hauling ass, trying to finish. That's why Kepka loves him. Yeah, that's why they're buddies. Uh, John, we are – we record this on the, the 28th, 29th on Monday. We are less than a month away from Major League Baseball. Looks like uh, Yankees-Nats, right, is, was the report for July 23rd, the opener. And then the NBA is uh, July 30th. So we've got – Do you think it's safe to say that Garrett Cole is going to be their opening day starter after contract? Or? <laughs> yeah, you know, what do the stats – it's a great question. How many – because that was the big thing, right, is how many dollars per start per inning he got? He, he's going to make. we got to redo the math on that. Well, he's like 35 a year. Yeah, so 37% of 35 a year because they get the full prorated, right? Him and Scherzer, I mean, the start is basically going to be the two of those guys probably combined, you know. 
Seven hundred million dollars in the be, bank. You know that's going to be a great game, and it, and you know what's going to happen is they'll both be out of the game by the fourth inning. It'll be nine to seven. I heard I listened to Dan Heron on with Rosillo. It was actually pretty. I didn't know that much about the guy. He's now an advanced scout for the Cardinals. Yeah, and he thought because typically he's like the thing with baseball, unlike these, especially like football, for example, where you just every game matters. In baseball, like especially with pitching. So much of it is about, like, we want you healthy for the stretch run. It's okay to be 500 through the All-Star break. He thought that it's going to be a lot different this year with guys like, I'll pitch again tomorrow, or don't take me out of the lineup. That it's just kind of uncharted territory where you're just going to see some kind you're of balls pacing of the yourself wall. For 162. Yeah, and, like, you're more likely to use, like, fuck it, Max got another inning in him. Or definitely, like, bullpen guys, like back-to-back guys. He just... He's like, you'd never see someone push a bullpen guy in May. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a rivalry game, if it's like a, you know, if you're the Yankees Red Sox or something, maybe. But even then, like now with the analytics, he thought that it just got a chance to just be pretty Look, heavy man, foot on the pedal. I'm like, <laughs> this, I am so excited for all the weird, for like basketball, we've had a season. They're going to play, they're going to get a postseason, whatever. This baseball season is going to be I don't know but the how sport weird is it's the be. the sport is the sport in basketball just, right seven games series seven games series in a bubble You never or not. see this sport like this. It this is we are about to have one of the most unique sports seasons in sports history. A 60 game baseball season? It's crazy. When they went on strike how many games did they play? Well, I, I know it, it it ended, right? So yeah, it was like I mean, 90 they had in. played I want to say 110. Yeah, they I mean they wiped out the All Star break, but all I mean the All Star game, but that's more than half the year anyway. Yeah, sometimes it's like a hundred games, so it was ninety to a hundred. I think it's going to be really cool. I, I've been saying for a while. I, I I think, and I used to just assume this, and we've talked about it before. Yeah. So John, the Yankees that year were seventy and forty three. Okay, so they played one hundred and thirteen games. I was like math seven four eleven. Okay, I picked yeah. a team with a zero. <laughs> one hundred thirteen. Yeah, Yankees were pretty good that year. So they played that strike season was almost twice as many regular season games as we're going to get. I I, I really think baseball because basketball could look weird, could do huge numbers, especially locally in some of these markets. Remember, there was a story last year that in several of the major media markets, Chicago, New York, uh, Philly had kind of gone back and forth. Boston's kind of a back and forth. DC, you know, San Francisco. Warriors have had them, but L.A., they, they had been shitty for, you know, before LeBron got there, that a lot of people watch baseball locally. I, I think there's a chance, like, I mean, the think about some of the good teams this year, the Yankees, Houston, the Dodgers. The, I think the Cubs on paper should be pretty good, right? Uh, I, I think the Angels, I mean, have a pretty stacked team. Even the Giants, who might suck. But, listen, you always told me, I remember when we first got into radio and there was like a big matchup and I wanted to pump it up. I was thinking about that this weekend. I, I should have pushed back and tried to make it a big deal, even though now I know it's not a big deal. But just to try to make it sound like the game was a big deal because I think it's so but easy. But the to problem is, you start if matter. you're that guy in June, people are like, all right, do you not? April, May, it's like you don't and get there, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's just difficult. But it's it's hard. It's kind of why baseball's died, right? Because it's it's so Your best much players easier don't to do always that. play every day. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's all it died from a talk radio standpoint because it's so much. P- 
people want, like it's easy to do that about football. Like this game matters a lot, right? Week week one, Oregon, Ohio State. Like no one's acting like that game doesn't mean a shitload to a lot of people in the playoffs, yeah. right? Like last year, we talked about Oregon and Auburn all year long. But if you do that, I think for the first time in baseball, like these series matter. Remember, right? was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year that Fox added Thursday night baseball games. I don't remember in that. like September, in August and September, on FS1 or Fox. Uh, I think they were on FOX. Wow, maybe I do. Saturday? No, or, no, it was oh, thir- Thursday. 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 All right, gotcha. Um, and do you think they're going to ride them? Like Fox is going to show a lot of games. Yeah. So imagine? my point is like it's just going to the way you could build it up in August. Now you're just going to get your what I was. The national games are going to be huge too. Is my point right? And even if you end up with, like, the Angels, just be like, well, in a normal August, they might be bad, but here we are, and they're 12-9. and nine. It's a yeah, big I mean, one. they got Mike Trout, they got Otani, they just signed Rendon. Like, their team's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Albert still somehow got seven years left on his deal. I, I'm with you. I think that I, – what I do wonder, though, did you see the first couple weeks of basketball, because they're just playing a ton of games, kind of has, like, a March Madness feel to it. I don't know if ESPN is going to have the inventory to really show baseball games. Maybe there'll just be a lot of basketball games. Like, is ESPN and ESPN2? It's going to be – I mean, I would imagine this week they're trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Like, there's probably a lot of TBDs. But everyone's going to be fighting for it. Who do you play? Because you could argue, are you sure that showing certain basketball games is better than showing a Dodger or a Yankee game or a Cubs game? Like, I, I would mess around with it a little bit. Now, I get with playoffs, but – I wonder if ES are they going to be using ESPNU for some of this stuff? That that's where I wonder if I, I would bet Fox and FS1 play a pretty big role for baseball, right? MLB Network Don't for you, sure. MLB Network's going to show a shit. I, I think we're going to see a lot of baseball games on Fox Sports One. Yeah, the question is just the I don't know how. I I'm Fox Sports One. Be, I'm all over like Yankee and Dodger games whenever I can get them. Yeah, right? I just wonder will they be carrying local broadcasts? Well, basketball, I read. In the eight games, you know, they're doing the eight buffer games to like lead into the postseason. None of them can be exclusive only. Basically throwing their local guys a bump too. So it's like they're going to be on both. And I think baseball, like the same thing with basketball, there's just going to be a lot of like you can watch this on if you're, you know, live in Chicago, the Cubs game's on your local, you know, Fox Sports or wherever they show them, also on Fox or Fox well, Sports you, 1. But right? Yeah, I mean because – you just I, I think the exclusive have, rights kind of get thrown out the window with all this shit just because of the limited inventory. Well, I'm not even thinking about guess. inventory. I'm just thinking about you need camera people, you need TV trucks, you need you might just be all that stuff might be scaled back. I think it will be. Well, I mean, we know it will be in terms of the locals. I just wonder if it means that we'll see more local broadcasts all of a sudden on FS1. You're just watching the Cleveland guys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, I think that's one I think that's a lock to happen. Okay. Did you see Adam Silver say and I was thinking about this this weekend? I just saw his quote. He's like, we have developed a new unique camera angle we've never used before. We think it would be kind of cool. Okay. And I wonder if they try to get a little more court level because they're going to be in this quote-unquote G League type operation that it's just better just like if you just kind of – now, it's going to look weird, but I think it can look very – But have you ever watched a G League game that's where the camera's too low? It's not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's it can look very junior varsity if it's – it can look like empty. a practice, you know, even if it is like, oh, it's LeBron and Kawhi, but it's still, 
I don't know. Yeah. Now basketball's basketball. Like I, you watch the highlights of those pickup games they were playing for Space Jam. It's like it sure looked like everyone's playing hard. Because the reality is, it's like a fight. I once you get hit or once you get dunked on, there's there's just you start playing hard. I think what right? would be interesting you, as a pickup guy, you don't ever not try. Once you start getting worked, yeah. you're like, I don't want to get embarrassed. I wonder if they'll put like risers, so go close to the court, but just elevate the camera, right? So almost like you have guys on a camera, people on a riser, but it's only five rows back. So you're like at the like a couple feet behind the stanchion, almost where the stanchion ends. You know the back part. But, of the but stanchion. I'm saying like, imagine you're like on the side. Maybe you have a camera at midcourt, but you have a camera. You know, right at like the free throw line. How do we usually watch NBA games from the side, right? Yeah, and that camera is usually at the top of the first level of seating, and can just go from bucket. You'll to have bucket. you'll have multiples, but yeah, I wonder if you'll put you get them closer to the floor, but elevate them so you don't end up with that dumb that weird angle where you can't really tell what's going on because you're too low. Yeah. But you get super close, and you just get a better angle, so you can kind of see the floor. I wonder if that's what. Where's my ba- Where's my typical baseball camera angle, from behind the catcher pointing toward the pitcher? Yeah, is that where I typically watch a game? You as a usually viewer? watch a game behind the pitcher center field camera. That's your right from behind the pitcher. That camera's coming from center field. Yeah, I'm watching the yeah I'm watching the pitch go to the batter. Right. Okay. So you got that center field camera as a primary camera. And that will be normal. And then you get a lot of, you know, your corner side dugouts, shots. Your, your yeah. high. Th- yeah, when I'm when I'm throwing the first base, when I when he throws the first base, do they use another camera, or does that camera just pan over? I'm trying to think of it in my head. I can't. You'll probably get one of the maybe one of the dugout the cameras, dugout cameras. Yeah. Or you'll get the high center, the high home plate camera. Right. You. Yeah, it's right, gonna be thrower. Is this is this is this a time to. Do you just ride what we're used to and just get the sports, or is this time to fuck with some things? Well, you can see you get yourself you, some you different can. stuff because you're not limited by where the fans are. That's what I'm saying. That's you would too. put risers oh, like, I, in the stands I, I, you're, for the NBA. Okay, good point. I, I, that's okay. Now I understand. Couldn't you put a camera guy like in you know, the third, ba- you know, the third baseline and put him halfway up on the blower bowl and just or just try a different? Yeah. Be like I think this is a sweet camera angle. Let's try this. Set up a tripod. Ex- exactly. Right? Where state where usually you wouldn't get an angle because there's fans now you do have baseball now you've got the netting so you you know yeah. it's tough but good point what do would you need the netting no you in can this take situation although wait are some of the players, well, the players the <laughs> i think that got i'd rather out. they should just honestly they should put folding chairs down the foul territory and just what about in baseball when you win a game you do that handshake line yeah do you think is that getting thrown out? Gotta be air high fives. Yep. You think? No more hands. Would you line. say? Would you say air high fives? Would you bet? Uh, would they not even do it? The, <laughs> yeah. Because again, Walk they're, right they're already the playing with each other. So to me, this is where rules get a little arbitrary. Like it's they're just already sitting next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are, are, what are we faking here? They're already sitting next to each other. They're not staying in the stands anymore. They're already kind of. They're already sharing the same ball or bats, you know, or gloves or. It, it, there is a human element to this where even if you're following it, right, it is going to be difficult. Like, hey, bum, throw me my chew. Or, hey, give me some seat. You know, just things that you're used to doing that once you're back in that environment, right. you bring you're going to do. Shortstop brings the glove out to the guy who just made the last out while he's standing over at second base. Yeah, or just the random, the backup guy that plays catch with the right fielder, right? You're sharing a ball. Mm-hmm. Purell. Did, Instead of a rosin bag, you got the, a Purell bag. What happened with the Rangers? Did you see they did they build a new stadium? They got a new stadium and it looks like a grill. Yeah. They built a new stadium in Arlington? 
Yeah, 20 years. The other stadium was like 20 years old. I did not. I th- yeah, I thought they'd just been – that thing was pretty cool. Is it because it's so hot? Joke. Yeah, they put a – they got an enclosed stadium now. Did you see the picture? Uh, this is the one part of it I did see is the rendering and then what it actually looks like. It's like, oh, my God. I'll give the Raiders credit. It does look pretty it cool. It does look sweet. Right? It does look cool. The, and the rendering looks exactly like every picture I see of it. Yeah. The the Rangers rendering look like, God, this thing's going to be pretty badass. And then they show it. Right. It looks like a warehouse for Bezos. It looks <laughs> it awful. It does look guy. like an Amazon packing house. It looks really, really bad. They were some great. The internet did a really good job on those. Crushed them. I think they got all public financing, too. That was part of why oh, they get shit on, yeah, right? Yeah, it's... Which maybe they just save money on all that stuff. Couldn't they just put a roof over the place they played? I, I, to me, it's... I mean, maybe not. I don't know. But to have 20 years... The best one I saw was someone opened the top of it and made it look like it was just a barbecue, a grill. <laughs> Traeger? I've actually been... I've sent Traeger a, a DM every day for like two weeks. I would love to get them on the podcast. Oh, I'll put one in my I living heard, room. I, I, yeah, I heard Rogan talking about it. And I just... I used one... One time over Corona, they are pretty unreal. You ever heard of those things? Yeah, you just I use have. pellets. The, the, yep. You just press a button. You can. They're like a nest. You can run your your, from uh, your phone steak from your phone. Wow. Game changers. All right. On that note, happy Adios. Fourth of July week, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs> Keep your heads up. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.